Hello. I would like to welcome everybody cordially to the inaugural podcast of Dad Bod ASMR or ASMR Dad Bod. I'm not quite sure which sobriquet I'm going to use. I very much am a fan of the work of ASMR Darling, and so I'm inclined to go with ASMR at the front of the name. <clears throat> and ASMR Dad Bod is a name I've thought of for the last probably two or three years. And I'm not sure exactly why I came up with that, other than the fact that uh, I'm a 50-something salt and pepper gentleman. I, I use the term gentleman. Uh, <laughs> I may be presuming, but a person. I'm a 50-something person. Uh, with a deep love for ASMR. I've been enjoying ASMR for a long time and I've often thought about doing my own presentation or show. And I still am thinking about the structure of the show and whether it should have certain segments and so forth. And so, this will be definitely a work in progress. And a progress in terms of content and structure. I thought about having just a section for whispering. I know there are people who really like tapping and other sounds and things which can generate so-called tingles. <clears throat> I am personally very fond of whispering. And so I will definitely be doing a lot of that. Um, but I do, I like the contrast between one's regular voice and one's whispering voice. I find it fascinating. And it's been my experience or my yeah, my experience that someone who has a really good speaking voice does not always have the greatest whispering voice. Why that is, I don't know. I, I, I should probably have a show just on that topic and maybe even have some people who are also as avid about ASMR as myself to weigh in on the subject. a fan of whispering and I've noticed though that I like it when there's a clear distinction between one's regular voice and whispering sometimes people will mix them up and I just find it dissatisfying for some reason I like it better when it's this is my voice my speaking voice 
This is my whispering voice, and I will not mix them together. Except once in a while, perhaps. I have long been a fan of spoken word, the spoken word, and uh, certain people have voices that I find mesmerizing, captivating, and Going back to Orson Welles, and I mean that that voice, that just resonance, resonant voice. Oh, in terms of uh, the show's structure, I'm not quite sure. Still, I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm going to be. Progressing or altering things and trying things out, and if they work, they work. I don't. Some people may prefer my whispering to my regular voice. I don't know. Uh, we will find out, and I will definitely read any comments, any feedback is sent my way, I will gladly, I will definitely read it and definitely and adjust the show accordingly. I've thought about having some, maybe an intro music, something which is distinctive or defines the show as the ASMR dad bod. I personally am rather indifferent to the idea of having introduction introductory music. I'm as I mentioned I'm a big fan of ASMR darling and I mean she has my attention when she just says hey it's me. <laughs> I just love that. Of course, if you've seen her video, the little gesture she makes when she says, darling, I mean, it's just very cute, I think. Um, very endearing. And there are many other ASM artists that I enjoy, of course, and I'll be talking about them from time to time. Um, one, to express my influences and my appreciation for their work and to perhaps recommend them to my listeners or potential listeners. I think the Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response or ASMR has become somewhat of a trendy thing as so often happens with things which take off on the internet 
I think I I happened upon it by chance or I think that I think due to YouTube's algorithm or something I think it just served up some ASMR for me I'm not sure what based on what I don't know I, I have to take a deep dive into my history but I remember one of the first being, of course, ASMR Darling. And uh, Blue Whispers, I believe that's her name. Um, a really good whisperer, I think. I think what's interesting to me is the power of a whisper compared to one's regular voice. It's just fascinating to me. There are many voiceover actors whose career I, I follow, and both female and male. And, and I have to say that one, one, this person's voice, Joe Frank, I've followed for a very long time. And I cannot recommend Joe Frank's work enough. I think that not only is the content uh, incredibly well-written, uh, erudite, I guess I could say, but Mr. Frank's voice is is uh, very soothing, delightful, and able to evoke all kinds of different emotions. And he also, in his shows, employs a, a wide variety of other voices or talents that, such as uh, people that come to mind are. Debbie Mae West, who many may know from her voice, voice work, and I know she does uh, video games and animation and things like that. But that's I was first exposed to Ms. West's talents through the Joe Frank show, and I just I think her voice is magic to me. It's just amazing. And I am. I have great admiration for people who who are able to use their voice for in a you know a variety of variety of purposes, whether it's narrative, uh, whether it's doing interviews, however the voice is used, and. I think since I'm talking about people I admire or really I admire respect and have listened to for a long time I would like to and most people are probably familiar with the work of Phil Hendry if you're not I would highly recommend 
listen to him. He, I believe he still has a show over at KFI. 640 KFI. I'm pretty sure that he has a show there still. If not, I believe you can go to philhendry.com and it's well worth if he has subscriptions there still. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I, frankly, since I've been to Phil's site. But if he does, if he has, it's well worth getting a subscription to Phil's. And if it, it's anything like it used to be, it's it's a, just a treasure trove of his work and uh, just a, an incredible variety of. If I don't know if if you're not familiar with Phil's work, it, he a lot of the stuff he, he I'm sure he writes himself, but he performs a lot of these voices live with an actual call-in audience. And Phil, of course, he does multiple characters, both male, female. And uh, and it's it amazes me that people people call in, and many are they seem genuinely unaware of the fact that Phil's doing everything. He's doing all the voices, and uh, that's to me that's a testament to the power of of, of that man's talent. Uh, he's a very gifted individual when it comes to voice. Uh, sometimes he has the ability to even talk over himself or sound as if he's talking over different voices at the same time, which is just remarkable. So I think if you're in the Los Angeles area and you have access it's just on your in your car and you can listen to KFI I'm not sure exactly when he's on but I do know that I think even online KFI is probably streamable anyway I I aim to look into that myself and I will provide details on how you can best listen to Mr. Hendry's work because I feel he is he is a unique or unique, very unique talent, uh, particularly with, with regards to the human voice and spoken word, without question. Um, and earlier I mentioned Joe Frank. I think that's, that is another, I believe Joe Frank has joefrank.com or .net. Or, and I think Joe Frank can be heard on KCRW, I believe. I'm not sure the exact the schedule there, but if you do kcrw.com, you can certainly find his work or when he's when he's broadcasting there. Uh, but that's another one. Oh, I think I I one time had a subscription to Joe Frank's site, and it's another one that is just well, well, more than well worth the. I don't even think it was that much. I mean, that's relative, of course. We all have different... Um, we all have different amounts of income streams and so forth. But in my view, it's well worth... I don't think it was that expensive, but I think it was well worth it.
and uh, yes. Well, as you can see, I'm really winging this. <laughs> and I will probably do some editing later, I imagine. Although, my inclination is to just let everything ride and just and do very little editing. Whereas in the, the Tao Te Ching says, the great tailor cuts little. But I do not claim to be a great tailor. But I do have pretty good audio editing skills, so I may use those to to cut things down or and so forth. Anyway, well. Well, the name of the podcast is ASMR Dad Pod. That's, I don't plan to, t to speak the entire time on ASMR. In fact, I, what I'd like to do is just, in a way, have, make this be a chronicle or a journal of my life, what's going on, uh, what I think of things. Michael Corleone might say, right or wrong? <laughs> so let's talk, this will be very casual, we'll talk about what's going on with me. Try not to wax too narcissistic. And anyway, lately, lately I've been watching a lot of old game shows on YouTube. Um, a lot of these were broadcast. We're talking in the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s, and even early 70s. And eventually they were rebroadcast on the Game Show Network, or GSN. And one of my favorite of these old shows is What's My Line? And the, the ones I'm watching now, I'm in the midst of watching them, is hosted by John Charles Daly. And Arlene, on the panel is Arlene Francis and Bennett Cerf. And uh, I always, I like that they have a, they have a mystery guest who comes on and of course Everybody in the audience knows who they are, and and so if like one I watched earlier had uh, Raquel Welch was, <laughs> and so Raquel Welch comes onto the stage, and of course, 
crowd, particularly, I would say, uh, the male contingency goes pretty wacko. And all kinds of whistling and I don't even know if, if in today's so-called PC climate that would be permitted or if that would be too cringy or creepy. I'm not sure. But then it seemed okay if, if uh, an actress or a personality was considered beautiful, if you will, it was okay to, to give her or him a whistle or And I think that's one of the things that fascinates about fascinates me about these older programs, these programs from the sixties or the fifties, is watching the different norms or the use of language. <clears throat> what what language was considered acceptable then? And which you can you can clearly kind of sense is is really pushing things. <laughs> or pushing boundaries. What's my line in particular I find impressive? I because of I think how polite everyone is. And while we might think, of, if we think of politeness, we might think, oh, that's boring or something. But I find it actually very refreshing. And it's not that, I think we might say, well, everybody really has a pretty tight filter going on. And perhaps that's so, but Nobody just interrupts another person. I mean, there's a there's a sense of respect, and the way that language is used, everything's very civil and very polite. But within within these, I guess, constraints, I find that. People are no less creative, and in fact, they seem to be even more interesting in making great use of language. With a very healthy vocabulary, and that's another thing about the cast, or the I mean, you have the contestants, of course, and then you have the panel. And I note that everybody in the panel seems, not seems, they are literate. They're very literate people. So that you know that Dorothy Kilgallen, who was a columnist, and she had a a column called uh, Voice of Broadway, which was syndicated throughout the country at the time. 
back listening to her speak. She speaks with a, a fluent uh, fluidity and cho- choice of words, and and yet she's she can be hilarious. She can also be a little bit snide, a little bit sarcastic from time to time. But the overall tenor of the show, even though it may contain elements like sarcasm and cracking wise from time to time, it never seems to go... The politeness is always maintained. I just used the term politeness. Or civil discourse, if you will. If you will. Civil discourse, which in my in my view, I wouldn't say it's severely lacking in our society, but I I wouldn't mind seeing a return to more civil forms of discourse. I want to say I've had this this particular application called Anchor I have had for a number of years on my tablet and on my phone and I've always meant to use it I should really put that Anchor app to use and start doing some podcasts. (laughs) But then when I would actually start to think about, well, what am I going to do a podcast about? And that would stop me short. And uh, I think sometimes the best, the best way forward is to simply go forward. Come what may. I mean, of course there are going to be errors or uh, errors. I will learn and adapt. Yes. Well, too, I... I was born in 1961, so when I see programs from way back in the day, I always find them interesting. A lot of history there, and as I mentioned earlier, just seeing how people behaved there. And uh, what's my line in particular is a fascinating study of people interacting with one another in a civil manner, yet being able to not take themselves seriously, to make fun of one another, to express affection. It's just... I'm very appreciative of of how people 
relate to one another on that show. Also, the, the, the guests on the panel, or panel guests, if, I guess, are always interesting as well. Like I said, Orson Welles was on recently. Uh, another, and another actor, actor-director, another very talented individual, Peter Ustinov, was on. And he has such a great voice. I just love his voice. And I'll be talking about him, his production of Herman Melville's Billy Budd, which a movie I consider one of one of the greatest renderings of Herman Melville ever put to to uh, any medium, really. And in particular, I find the because Ustinov himself adapted the screenplay from the book, and in my opinion, did a incredible job. I think the the script is so crisp and delivered by the cast, an incredible cast, including himself. Just, I don't know how to say it, just greatness is what I want to say, I guess. <laughs> A sense of excellence and just we do not deal with justice here, but with the law. Was not the one conceived to serve the other? David McCallum, who would later on go to do The Man from Uncle, kind of a James Bondian type of secret agent genre of television show, of which I was not that fond, really. I, I've never had. I've never really cared much for the secret agent genre, James Bond, and all that. Okay. I've actually been speaking for. 81 minutes and counting. And I had planned to go no more than an hour. And that's the thing. That's what I'd like to do is tighten this up more so that it only goes to about an hour. But it looks, as, it, as we're going here, it may go to an hour and a half for this first this first journey, the inaugural maiden voyage. Maybe I should, well, it'd be copyright issues, but 
if I could take Herbie Hancock's maiden voyage, just the beginning of it, and use that as a, as a, uh, a musical music for the opening of the show. That would be amazing, but... And I'm sure, I don't know if Mr. Hancock would have a problem with it. Probably not, but... Uh, but the people that produce his music would, no doubt, have an interest and and not be amused by an unauthorized use of... <laughs> Although I could... I thought about doing maybe a, a cover of it myself and using that. I would still have to pay some form of, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, fair use, I could get away with using, I mean, I have no pre, I have no intentions of making major bank with a humble podcast like this. But if by some freak of nature it were to happen, I would not be opposed to the idea. Um, However, that is certainly not my aim, at least at the onset, at the outset. From the beginning, that's the thing I've been. I'm kind of, I'm a definitely a student of, of intellectual property and intellectual property and the law and such things and uh, fair use. I'm a big supporter or of Creative Commons it first came out and uh, I still try to observe the evolution of Creative Commons on a consistent basis a new way to look at copyright law altogether it just seems silly to me that let's say I'm right here and I, I talk about something that happened to me let's say in the 70s or the 60s or whenever and let's say I'm at some event and a particular song was playing or and I want to point out something in the music that affected me a certain way or well got to be concerned about the use of any of that music. And I can't imagine, I don't, I don't plan to reinvent anything. 
if anything, I would want to direct people to check out some of these artists that I would that I talk about that have been a major influence on my own musical life. I know that when I listen to somebody, a podcast, a show, or musicians talking, or I'm always, I'm intrigued. to know their influences. And well, often I listen to an artist and I can I can tell fairly quickly that who who has influenced them. But I don't think that and I'm not sure if that's because people artists feel constricted or they don't want to broach upon copyright law or anything but I'd like to hear artists talk more about their influences or you could say well, Miles Davis was a big influence in my life, and what albums? Seven Steps from Heaven, uh, Bitches Brew in the 70s. Uh, I have a podcast that I am, I've been kind of writing for a number of years. And it's about an experience I had when I was in the high school jazz band. And we went to a jazz festival. And <laughs> and I saw another jazz band. See, okay, the people, uh, another high school jazz band, jazz ensemble. But so much more technically adept and hip, much hipper than our band, that I was just blown away. The very idea that someone in my own peer group or the same age range could be doing work like that. On that level, I was just really floored. And I think that'll be, that podcast will be coming up soon. And there, But there's definite music in there I would like to use. And but the more I think about it, it occurs to me that I may have to get some of the stuff cleared when I really don't think it should be necessary. Because I'm only going to play it to, to illustrate, to give, give listeners an idea, a specific idea of why I felt the way I did when I 
when I had the experience. Anyway, I'm going to look up some of these these details and issues before I actually commit to doing the show. And uh, we'll talk I'll talk about it because I know that particularly in the digital era copyright law is is a whole new like everything it's very we have to look at things in a whole new way because of how things can be distributed how things can be easily copied in the world of zeros and ones it's just too easy to take digital data and take it from one place copy it paste it somewhere else it's just so easy which as an artist myself I feel is wonderful but but I recognize that it causes some artists a degree of anxiety I think the way that I will be using the music in terms of the duration it's, 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 it will be so limited that I don't believe it will be a big issue but I'll look into into if I need to clear anything Forty-three minutes and counting. I'll definitely edit this, and just to make things tighter. I personally, I usually enjoy when when somebody rambles a little bit. As long as they don't ramble all over the place and and make a make that the format of the whole thing, I think it's better. I believe it's better to have a degree of focus rather than none at all. And I think it's important to strike up a balance between having structure and having and loosening that strike that structure or having a structure that is flexible enough fluid enough where it can move 
and accommodate a large variety of content. Yes, I don't mind silence. I'm not afraid of silence. Silence is my friend, I've learned. Excuse me. Excuse me for doing this. Something human like yawning. because uh, I'm thinking about this upcoming pocket and I want to talk about it. program anchor it says add flag so I I believe it means I can add different sections and then label each section although on this thus far well what I've done thus far I don't I wouldn't know how to really characterize each section properly label them. But for that I'll have to actually listen to the whole thing again. Eek. And then edit. Take out a lot of the blank spaces. Which of course in a digital ROM is very is easy to do. I use a program called SoundForge. And I would just open the file in SoundForge. And you can see the histogram of the all the peaks and valleys and with the histogram. And you just take the take the old mouse click. Click and select the areas that you want to cut, and bam, you're there, you're doing it. You save the file, and just keep going.
Said add a flag. Said add a flag. What that means, I don't know. I guess when I stop, when I put a stop to this thing, I will see. Yeah. <laughs>